Welcome to Snape Chat, the voice of the Snapedom, the podcast where we discuss all things Snape, always. Join us as we dive into the world of the bravest man we ever knew in art, fanfic, meta, and more, obviously. This is Snape-centric with episode 21, the Snuna episode. I'll be joined by special guests, the French Press, Nocturne, and Nikori to discuss the Snape-Luna pairing. We also have lots of fic recs for you. Enjoy the show. Snape-centric, and I'm here with Nocturne. Hello. Frenchie. Hi. Also known as the French Press, and Nikori. Hi, guys. And our topic today is Snape and Luna, the relationship also known as Nuna. The first thing we're going to talk about is what y'all like best about the pairing. I think just looking, I guess, at a in a broader way at this relationship, I really like that there's so much to be explored and they don't really interact a lot in canon. And so it's just this basically wide open opportunity when you think about the fact that he had to teach her for five years and you don't really see any of it. There's just a lot to explore there. And then in terms of just when they actually come together in a relationship, I think there's just this element for me, at least of kindred spirits and sort of lost lonely souls recognizing each other that I really like. I think I have to agree with Milkton as well. Um, I like that they do seem like kindred spirits and on the same note of them sort of not having had a lot of interactions in the books, um, in canon, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for you to sort of jump past that whole student-teacher hurdle because you didn't see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, for me, it makes that like leap a little bit easier. Nikori? Because it's rare, you know. And yeah, the fact that we don't, see a lot of interactions between there are so many things that we could just make up even during their school years and it's like oh well I can really do this and that even and make my own scenes with them and it's also their dynamic you know it's not always explored the the cutesy and the grumpy dynamic and most yeah and most of (laughs) Everyone in this universe thinks it's like so cute because it's so easy to achieve in a relationship, but no, with them, yeah. I started using a tag in my fix, the grumpy one is soft for the sunshine one. And I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love that. yeah, it's going to be on all of my fix from now on because I love <laughs> it and it's so true. That's, that's, our, that's their little kingdom now. That sounds good. I thought at first we could talk about the contrasts between the two. And I think the one that strikes me the most is the light and the dark. Luna seems very light, I guess. Her aspect or her affect. Anyway, she's just very, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think she is has this really unique ability to sort of let things roll off her back. She doesn't dwell on things. And I think it's really interesting because she has seen a lot of darkness. I mean, she has witnessed the death of her mother at a very young age. Um, She can see Thestrals. She has gone through and fought a war, the same as a lot of the other characters in the book, but she handles it with this sort of grace. And it's really interesting to see how she processes things and how she is able to kind of subvert that darkness and still maintain her self-awareness and she has this kind of strength of spirit which I really admire very good obviously there's like also the visual aspect and I 
find that quite appealing as well because they're very very opposite in the way that they look like he's very tall and dark and kind of brooding and she's got this sort of like waif-like appearance and yeah I think it's like I like contrast so very shallow but (laughs) I don't think it's shallow at all I think it's really interesting and that was actually one of the questions I had for you all just creating art and if that provides more of a challenge or if it's something that you enjoy joy um, having that level of contrast between them to be honest when I make art the light and the dark concept is in my mind but it's not like Persephone and Hades anymore to be honest <laughs> like it, it drifts apart from that because Persephone has this concept in her uh the rage I guess because she all uh I did do some research before I delve in their universe even Laura Olympus had uh, everything to say. So I wouldn't compare Luna to Persephone at this point. Well, you can compare Hermione to Persephone, to be honest. But yeah, it's not that concept anymore. It's sort of different, which is another thing I like. Another thing I like about them. Right. I like drawing them because I think that they look very like aesthetically pleasing together. They have that kind of like yin yang thing going on. And for me, it's kind of fun and very challenging because he is kind of like sinew and like long tall kind of like unyielding kind of feel and her softness just kind of complements that I think you know like from a visual point of view I get a feeling of joy from your pictures of them both Uh and I guess she's (laughs) she's overcoming his grumpiness pretty well yeah, all of the art is just so soft and so lovely. Yeah. But I mean, what does a daily dose of serotonin, you know? <laughs> you need it every day. We yes. all need those serotonin drops. And I think, yeah, Nick is very good at providing those to us. And when I don't provide, is the day I die. Thank you. <laughs> we, are, we live to serve. Yeah, even though the arts are you... I mean, look at me. I'm hella passionate about this. I don't, I really don't mind so long as I love it, do love doing it, to be honest. The fix are fine. A friendly was up. She definitely tempers his darkness, I think. I mean, there, there's just certainly, yes, a visual, but also he his tendency to turn to the negative. I, I find that appealing about them. I definitely enjoy that particular aspect of her sort of providing a softening aspect to his life because he has experienced so much trauma and is so ground in darkness that it's it's nice to have her as that sort of uplifting presence. And I think it's, yeah, just very sweet. Another thing I kind of see is their difference in intensity. I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but Severus is always wound up so tight and Luna is different. I tried to come up with different words as relaxed or airy fairy, but I think ethereal probably comes closest to it is that she, she just seems to have her outlook is softer maybe. Yeah. I think that there's this element of acceptance with her where I guess someone could say she's sort of drifting along with the current and can kind of handle whatever life throws at her. But I think that it's a little bit deeper than that. I think she acknowledges what's happening. It's kind of a coping mechanism from the trauma that she experienced or just part of her personality. 
I think that it can be a good influence for him and kind of provides like a nice contrast um, to how he handles things, which seems to be with a lot more conflict and a desire to control rather than a desire to accept. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and and throughout his time with her, he gets to learn how to handle his own problems as well. Well, not, not in her way, but in his way, just modified, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a really great point because I think that Luna at her core is just somebody who accepts others um, for how they are and how they come to approach life or approach other problems. And I think having that baseline level of acceptance would be really good for him to make his own personal growth and do it in a way. I feel like there's this element of like, I can fix him or I can help him process this. I'll tell him what to do. Whereas I don't see her ever going down that path, which makes it kind of refreshing that he has a space to just be accepted and experience whatever emotions he may experience um, just sort of be and I really like that about them yeah I I really do see her as being very patient with him and so obviously like part of that acceptance is like her just giving him the space and time he needs to process and find a new way to be on his own terms yeah and they hold his end every time he wants it but he does but she really doesn't say what to do to uh for him to solve this kind of problem, what any kind of problem that he has, she just waits for him. It's just kind of sweet. Most people don't do that, you know. Hermione. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, that's a whole different. That's a very different dynamic. <laughs> it is. Hey, I like that dynamic. What's the hell? Man? Oh, I do too. But yeah. it's different. It is. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's good that like we can discuss the differences and acknowledge that they aren't the same relationship yeah a fresh start and a fresh air you know that's what Luna is mm-hmm. yes this isn't on the list but do you have any thoughts about their age difference sexy <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I was the one who wrote that con- harry potter confession but i agree with it Come on. yeah i mean based on the characters I tend to shift with him, they generally are younger and there's a bit of an age gap. And for me, this is not an issue. In fact, I don't know, somehow in a bit of an enticement. I'm not entirely sure, but I like it. I'm there for it. I'm going to be honest. The age gap is kind of a barrier for me with this ship as well as with some of the others that I read and write. So that's why I wrote Time Travel because we have magic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, everything's possible now, isn't it? (laughs) I think actually that might be the reason why I'm not as into time travel. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And also, it's fiction. Come on now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, every every day you see, oh, you can't ship her with him because he's, no, it's fiction. (laughs) Exactly. Very true. I would, yeah, I wouldn't snug someone who's like forty years above me. Is that wrong? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I can't curse. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> okay, we're explicit. <laughs> oh wait, and also, um, with their age gap, he gets to be patient. He <laughs> and um, the, uh, there's yeah, there's the build up to like he has to wait for her to build herself up as well. Even her character and her decisions because, you know, she's aging. And him along the way, like, there's a space for them to think, think it through for them both. And no matter what happens in the end, it happens. And they'll just accept it, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. I think that 
between them in a relationship, there is just this desire to not burden the other one. And I think that, you know, they're both pretty self-reliant people. I mean, the impression I get from Canon is that Luna's essentially raised herself. She kind of has to take care of her father emotionally in some ways. And you get kind of hints of it like that. Um, so she's a very responsible, like independent and kind of self-reliant person. And I feel like there would be a lot of respect for her and her need for freedom um, and vice versa, you know, not wanting to hold him back and not wanting to, you know, I write mostly post-war. Um, so not wanting to limit him from finally experiencing freedom after all of these years, that there just develops this really nice mutual respect for each other. That's so beautiful because I feel like there's so many opportunities for conflict um, between Severus and any other character. But this is one of those kind of like, I know Frenchie has described it as a comfort ship, but you know, there's just not a lot of overt conflict between them. And it's kind of refreshing because sometimes you just need something that's a little bit cozy. Yeah, a little bit of a break from the constant conflict um, is really nice. And I do find I get a lot of that in this particular ship. And I do like the age gap is something that they can overcome. I suppose it adds a small amount of conflict, just enough that it sort of like gives you a little bit of something to, I know, like a conflict to overcome. Because otherwise, for me, like a story is kind of missing something if it doesn't have a little bit of conflict in it, because then you don't get the resolution. Yeah, that's a good point. I think having like the age gap become a conflict. I've read a couple of stories where they're working together against some external conflict, which adds some interest to the story because you kind of see their relationship developing in the background as well. So that's a good point. Oh, yeah, that is good. Yeah, and through their relationship, they tend to forget their age gap, which is sweet that they're going through that border and they'll just, well, and they'll realize it, but it's either don't accept like okay yeah we have this age gap anyway I'll get married then yeah any other differences that that she can think of I think those are all pretty big well mostly the lightness and the darkness I think also the others as well let's talk about their similarities then oh god I wrote that shit okay (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to list it I did notice uh, a little bit of similarities that despite them being like yeah the contrast the light and dark concept (laughs) I've come to realize that through this ship they do like nature oh yes yeah put them in cottage for all I care then they would never want to live in a city because yeah it was it is so much it has so much noise but when you put them in some space that fresh air and like they're their own person they can open up even alone really it just adds to their relationship that once someone invades their privacy of this peacefulness um big well mostly luna then severus gets to learn how it is to live with someone in his peace post-war and through that they get to learn that oh you like this too then hang out and bond over it and I think they both strike me as very private people. In some ways, there's just so much that they each have going on beneath the surface. For Severus, you know, he occludes and kind of buries his emotions. But I get the impression that Luna does too. I mean, we're viewing her through the lens of a very biased narrator throughout the entire series. And so I sometimes wonder, you know, she's described as you know, staring off into space or, you know, she has this. They, I think they describe it as an air of distinct dottiness. Um, in canon. 
Um, but you have to wonder, what is she actually thinking about? Because then little moments kind of surprise you. You know, she thinks to ride the Thestrals or um, she can figure out the riddle. She has to in order to get into her dorm. So things like that are interesting to me because I feel like they both have so much going on just beneath the surface. And so in their, their internal world, um, to see that kind of become external in the course of them growing closer, sharing little parts of themselves that they've kept hidden. I think there's something really beautiful in that. Yeah. They're both extremely intelligent. Yeah. In in a way they are, well, in different ways. They have the cellular intelligence too. It's just how they solve things that's different. Based on like the way I sort of view it, they are both very intelligent people, but they do have like different strengths I would say different types of intelligence that are more prominent than others I guess and I would say like for me like Snape is your straight down the line like academic intelligence and that is very developed and for him like emotional intelligence perhaps not as much but I do think he's quite intuitive as well so I think he's got strength there but I do think like Luna she is academically intelligent she obviously has to be like she's in Ravenclaw she solves the riddle you know, she does think quick on her feet, but I do think that she has a little bit more emotional intelligence. And I think for me, that ends up balancing out the fact that he sort of perhaps doesn't have as much of that as she does. Yeah, I definitely agree about that. I think that, you know, at their core, I agree there. I think they're both really intuitive people and like really creative thinkers. This is something where I think they both can come up with something from nothing almost. Um, Like they have an idea um, that they can create. Um, They're not just kind of reading mid books and regurgitating back information. I really like that, but I do think that Severus with an academic background, I mean, he's gone through a potions mastery. So presumably he's had some sort of kind of more structure drilled into him by the time he's been through that and taught for gosh, a decade or so. I think that can be kind of refreshing to have students that still have that kind of naive element of creativity that hasn't been kind of beaten into submission by the academic world. So I I like that aspect of them um, because I think there's a lot of similarities there. And I like that, you know, they're both pretty creative people, like just looking at the things that they can come up with is really interesting. And it's fun for me to explore in my writings. Oh, yes. They both had trauma in their lives. They responded a little bit differently to that trauma, though, at least outwardly. And Luna kind of went along with it. Vengeance isn't always the answer. Well, Severus did kind of go through it, only that he didn't have the chance to, well, he wanted them to pay for it. The world did, and he didn't get the chance. And then he, well, I didn't, I think he did try to cope with it just by, well, yeah, just by joining. Lucius and the others but I didn't I didn't think that helped so and then what he did join them what did help you know it really didn't help that and he's still feeling guilty and he really wanted to pay he he really wanted them to pay even though all the marauders died by well through the course of the books and the films and how they did die which is kind of like Ah, goddamn, I didn't make them pay for what they did to me, even Dumbledore at this point. And the moment he died, I don't think he, well, I think he felt content, but there's still that feeling that, I don't know, incomplete. But when you get to Luna, it's like, yeah, they bully me. I'm not going to touch that subject. And I'll just go on through my life. And well, if you make Severus live, though, she uh, and make him realize that, well, 
I do think he knows about this. And since <laughs> since we can control we can control their stories that because well there's not a lot to, not a lot to touch on uh, for the both of them. It really gets you thinking. Did he know about the bullying for her? And did he have this self-realization that, oh, I could have done this? But I don't think he did. Well, he did kind of help her. But it's like, yeah, I'll help her. And I'll just go on through my way. But if you put it, if they have met in that time where Luna was still getting bullied, and if you make Severus live, they'll have this, I don't know, recollection that's like, oh, we both suffered. But we we acted like this. We're we're very different. And then like Luna would try to comfort him in a way. And that's <laughs> that's why you have travel picks. <laughs> I have travel picks to be exact. Yeah, I do think that they respond differently. Kind of, I think Nikori touched on just that vengeance mindset um, that Severus can have. Whereas I feel like Luna is much more of a someone who copes with dissociating or deflecting. I think I was just kind of brainstorming for this. And one of the things that I found that I thought was the most interesting is um, there's a couple of scenes in canon where, you know, you learn that she's being bullied, that people are stealing her things, they're stealing her shoes. And then there's this interesting scene where she says that she sleepwalks and that's why she wears shoes to bed. And that's why she's out in the castle at night. And it took me this long to realize maybe that's a defense mechanism. Like maybe she's trying to tell people these things to prevent the bullying without creating an overt conflict. Um, And this is just her method for avoiding that. Or maybe she's just sneaking around at night and she doesn't want to be caught and she doesn't want to get in trouble. And so she just lies through her teeth and says she sleepwalks. I mean, (laughs) she doesn't strike me as somebody who really cares much for the rules. Um, She'll follow them um, and be respectful. But I almost wonder if there's this sort of just weird subversive behavior of hers to try and deflect things or to try and kind of prevent the bullying from happening rather than this kind of confrontational characteristic in her. I do think that a little bit, um, just building on that, a little bit of the way that they both approach dealing with their trauma differently is related to how they were brought up. Even though Luna had experienced the trauma of losing her mother early and like she's, you know, she does get bullied and things like that. She did still have a loving father. Obviously, Severus didn't really have that. And so their approaches to dealing with the bullying, like his is more combative, hers is a little bit more disassociative. I think definitely like their upbringings and the way they're sort of nurturing or lack thereof in their homes growing up had a little bit of an effect on how they approach that. That they're outsiders as well. Are they bullied? Of course, they're bullied because they're outsiders, but is there more to being outside the normal social system well if you look at it when they're like both students Severus in his 17s and like Luna in her 16s they're both weird even not in Severus in his seventh year in Hogwarts like even before that it's like they're bullied I think I read something that Severus was bullied because he existed which is so fucked up and like you don't do that to a person so yeah they're considered as weird, which I really don't. I really don't mind because that's what makes them a character. They build up in the future, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that vibe of 
being outsiders. I think in some ways it's kind of nice for writing at least um, that they still have each of them has this element of placelessness almost. For Luna, it's, you know, she needs to travel and explore. That's kind of, I think, how she's commonly written. And then for Sephiroth, it's sort of, you know, he's been at Hogwarts essentially against his will. I mean, he did agree, but it's very clear he doesn't want to be there. And so then, you know, I like to think, because we all know he definitely survived, but post-war, what is he, <laughs> right? um, but yeah, yeah. what is he going to do with himself afterwards if he doesn't really belong anywhere? And having them kind of come together and, and find home in each other is really nice. Even J.K. Rowling didn't know he, he lived after that war. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he lived after the war. That's canon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it stays that way. Beth, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> snake biting off. Yeah, the snake thing happened, but mm, Beth, <laughs> I don't know her. Then, well, he did. Well, after his, his uh, post war, I do want to believe that he finally got out of his, well, the castle. I didn't really want him to stay there, but yeah. the stories surrounding yeah. that, it's okay. Though I, I do really have a thing for like Severus finally getting out in that world and entering a new one and uh, well meeting anyone who stands uh, in his way meeting anyone who's like he meets in the future no matter who it is really but then and it's luna it's kind of like a straight line if you think about it he's it's a it's well it's a rocky road for him since it's like ah this is this is way too easy in in that kind of concept it's like Wait, is it really this easy? He always asks himself that. And he's l- trying to learn things about her. Well, even though he doesn't want to, he's like, oh, what, is she, what is she thinking in a way? And when they do bond, it, it grows and he understands her. Even Luna, if, you, uh, if someone would put it in the perspective, yeah, Luna would also try to understand him as well. Severus is... a, a hard man to read and maybe she's well in a, in a concept she's like she's going with a gut feeling that okay i'll trust him and i'll learn from the guilty until proven innocent all right so differences between snuna and other ships that we write or enjoy the frenchie you're a very prolific writer yes i have <laughs> <laughs> i've heard that term used many time <laughs> I mean it's true come on and own it yeah I think that was definitely my question anyway that I added because I I do write different ships and obviously my main ships that I sort of go back and forth between uh, Snuna and Namini or the ship with a million names mm-hmm. um and I guess like I I like We've just kind of discussed how it is more of a comfort trip and coming back to it feels like um, getting to take a break from lots of really heavy angst and really heavy like conflict. And I find like in my Semani writing, I do have a lot more angst, a lot more conflict. Um, Their relationship is a lot more antagonistic because she is obviously featured more heavily throughout canon and they have got more of a antagonistic relationship with one another in canon whereas like you don't really have that with Suna and so you have the opportunity to write it the way that you think it would be based on 
yeah like their personality I guess writing Samani is like writing something on fire and writing sooner <laughs> is like going for a dip in a cool pond I really like that analogy I feel similarly I write multiple different ships and I kind of think the rarer the better in some ways because it does open up so many opportunities to just kind of explore who they are I mean I kind of like that um, there's not this huge body of like fandom canon, I guess, with how things are between them. Um, So it's very open-ended and there's a little bit more variety and you can write the characters differently each time, can write them how you like. And coming into writing fan fiction, I'm relatively new and definitely small potatoes, but I liked that there's this freedom there um, that I didn't have to, I wasn't writing things that had been done a million times or that were, you know, contradictory to what most people kind of assume for the ship. And it was nice to have a little bit more flexibility and freedom. Oh, for sure. um, and I just really like the characters. I just really love them both. They're just wonderful and fun to play with. Okay. Uh, Nicole, you've written some fix. Are they all Snuna or have you? Oh, no, they weren't all Snuna. But it, <laughs> I was in a phase. I'm sorry. No, oh, no. Oh, sorry. I used my mother tongue. Um, when writing about them, it's as Nocturno would say that it's so open that you could write anything and how you'd want their relationship to flow. And some people would say, oh, it's boring because there, there's not a lot of angst. No, there's so much areas that you can just discuss in writing it or, well, drawing it to that matter. And yeah, it's really open. It's really fresh too. When you do write them, there is still angst, but it's not much, really. It's more of hurt and comfort where angst would enter the, the work you're writing. And well, it's, it's kind of easily resolved. Well, <laughs> it depends on how you want your severs to be stubborn in your work, really. But yeah, quite of a challenge and the buildup as well. Okay, well, that covers all our talking points. Um, let's go ahead and um, start digging into your fix. Uh, Frenchie, would you like to begin? Um, sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would I start with my own stories or? Oh yes, with your with with your own. We'll yeah. we'll talk about um, your your own fix and then we'll go on to others. I think. Okay. This is tricky. I, I know we've said a few of the fics that I've written, but weirdly enough, the first ever Snuna fic that I wrote, I started in, I think, 2012 or 13. Oh, wow. Um, wow. A friend of mine, yeah, it, um, I, it's actually the first one that I have posted on AO3 because I wrote three chapters of it and then I took a seven-year break from writing fan fiction. And reading fan fiction, uh, yeah. It's going to be me if I'm lazy now. <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, I just took a big a big gap. So I was really into it when I was younger. And then I, I don't know, the, some, some things happened and, you know, life happened. And I took a break. And when I came back, I, I accidentally stumbled upon the email that I sent to my beta at the time with the three chapters in it. And I couldn't believe I still had it. And I forgot I'd written it. Oh. <laughs> oh god no. so I went back through and I, I read it and then I was like you know what I think I'm gonna finish this and it's not so dissimilar to my writing style now because like my, my writing changed so much from like the last time I wrote to 
when I first picked up Thick again. And yeah, that one is Care of Magical Creatures, which I, it's not my favorite, but I still love it because I, it was my first one. It was my first ever Snoona. The first time I'd given the ship a chance. And at this, I think when I first wrote it, it was just like a very, like a challenge I set myself to do because one of my friends mentioned, hey, could you try writing this ship? And I was like, oh, maybe I'll give anything a go. And at the time I was writing a lot more like, a broader variety, I would say, of ships. Lots of Hermione ships, obviously, but then I thought, oh, dip your toe in other Snape ships, give it a go. And so I did. But obviously, my Snoona work has expanded quite a bit since then. I've got quite a few more fix in the ship. Then it's still such a small one that I, I don't know. One of my friends uh, said uh, it's kind of like being a big fish in a small pond. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a big fish. I'm like a guppy, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll start in on the fix I recommend you read of mine currently. The first one was actually one I wrote at the beginning of this year for a age gap fest. So all age gaps sort of ships were welcome to be submitted and there were a few prompts and so I chose one and it's when you get bit by a snake you have to suck the poison out. It's probably not the actual name of it because <laughs> it's a long one. Um, I don't know why I went through a phase of like titling things really long. It features like a a healer Snape. So he works as a healer and has an accidental drunken run-in with Luna and then has to heal her when she gets brought into St. Mungo's. And yeah, then he has to deal with the complications of having to treat a patient he has accidentally slept with. (laughs) So yeah, just that old trope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we really should put a disclaimer on this this was red <laughs> oh yeah that one's uh very spicy so <laughs> <laughs> this is red re- respectively by the way <laughs> anyone listening on this <laughs> yeah. um enter with caution i suppose it does have um poisoning and uh, involves a luna in a little black dress and so that's pre- pretty fun mind the tag <laughs> yeah um yeah so I guess that one's like it's only short it's about 10,000 words and so it's a nice like quick hit I guess then my most angsty snooner story I think cold snap because it's the only one that I didn't write a deliberate happy happily ever after for so yeah that one has more of an ambiguous ending it's very open ending that one is definitely my favorite, by the way. I just <laughs> yeah. have to say, if anyone is going to read any in this ship, that's my hands down my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a very quick read, but Snape, it doesn't give you a lot of explanation because I decided to keep it fairly vague. Luna is in Russia. Snape has gone there to retrieve her for the ministry post-war. Actually, I should probably say like most of my fix are all, like just about all of my fix are post-war just because I like that particular time period. Generally, that's when I focus um, on like just him getting to have a life after the war kind of thing. And so he's in Russia. He goes to retrieve her and they're um, traveling back to a point where he will hand her over to the ministry and they're traveling on a train. And it was prompted by a photo uh, that I saw of the interior of a train looking out on a snowy terrain. Yeah, and... I don't know how it's filed from there, but basically they just sort of like take comfort in each other 
during the train trip and then he hands her over and she leaves and they just part ways. And when you call it angst, but it is kind of angst and they didn't really have they had this yeah vague ambiguous ending. If I had a list of angst stories, this almost made it first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first one we'll talk about <laughs> a bit later. But this one that hits it, you know? There's a lot of tension <laughs> in this particular one. Like but it's good tension, I think. Yeah. Ending was the only angst part. And I'm like, God damn it, they didn't end up together. Like, oh. Yeah. He went back to where he belonged. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you're looking for a hate <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking for a happily ever after, this is not the story to read. Um yeah, but I read it anyway, yeah. so there you go. Happily, That's my happily ever after. <laughs> happily ever after is overrated anyway. Yeah. It is overrated. Sometimes, like, it's nice, and it's definitely nice to have that, like, comfort of a, like, happy ending. And I think I do prefer to give him a happy ending because canon... is so shitty. <laughs> ...was not great. <laughs> canon did him dirty. So dirty. Don't worry, he lived anyway. <laughs> yeah, he lived anyway, but... You know, the author did him dirty and I didn't appreciate that. So I kind of go out of my way to undo that. I guess the next one I is my kind of longest currently fully posted snooner called Evergreen. And that one is the only one that I have set during, it is post-war, but it is set at Hogwarts and it's during her seventh year. And it's a soulmate fic that I wrote from a prompt from the Repairs first last year. So, yeah, the the prompt was they had corresponding soulmate marks. And so in this particular one, they they have that. And uh, basically, they there is an inciting event that means that their soulmate marks are revealed to them. And then she's more accepting of it. And it just isn't. <laughs> and so it's like him kind of getting past his the voices in his head and the, the feelings he has about the fact that she's still a student of his and things like that. Yeah. But, and uh, like dealing with the depression and dealing with his sort of PTSD from the war and. Typical Severus. I'm sorry. Yeah. This one's a, <laughs> like, this one's a fairly slow burn because like nothing happens until like, pretty much the end of the story. But yeah, it is like, it ends up being a mutual pining fic, but it's all written from his perspective so you only see him pining when he finally accepts that she's his soulmate i never thought i'd write a soulmate pick <laughs> but yeah just um i guess lots of nile in that one and yeah the last one i suppose i would recommend is one that i'm currently posting it's a completed story so generally i won't start posting anything on ao3 until it's been absolutely completed and completely edited and Nocturne actually edited this one for me Zephyrwind's Blur and it's a post-war fic as per usual and this one actually does approach the idea of them kind of being globetrotters after the war and they just keep running into one another until they like and it's by chance and it spans over a few years and then eventually they start meeting each other on purpose and there's yeah not a lot of angst in this one but definitely like some healing some self-discovery comfort as per usual but it's a bit of a softer story it's way up on my leather board by the way every chapter you <laughs> post is like yeah oh, okay now nah, it's third place in my in my list <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 
I think my favorite one that I've written at the moment. Oh, that one's tricky actually because I do really. It's hard to be objective about your own work because. Um, yeah, because you oh you you kind of really say no everything's fine everything's everything. <laughs> seriously I usually look at my own work and think oh my god what a dumpster fire that is. <laughs> <laughs> after you just shut down your laptop you're like ah oh, damn what the hell did I just say <laughs> yeah I, I generally can't look at a story I've written for a, a solid six months after I've posted it and then I might go back and reread it just to like refresh my memory so I'm you know so I still remember what it is I've written <laughs> in case I can ask questions about it but yeah the I do feel generally pretty good about this one so hopefully we're about six chapters in at the moment Uh, we are exactly six chapters in at the moment so at least you've been reading that one yeah I really enjoy it how long are we till the end huh (laughs) tell me it's endless come on there's more countries (laughs) (laughs) I can't reveal my secrets oh come on okay (laughs) So if anyone who's listening to this, Evergreen is also read, respectively, <laughs> in the end, at least. Yeah, I have to say, I really love rereading all the sections that I baited, because it's been a few months, I think, um, since I went through it all. And I'm still like, oh, I totally forgot about this part. <laughs> it's a very fun one to keep reading as it's posted. Yeah, I honestly, because I've forgotten what I've written half of the time as well, so I before I post each chapter, I go through and like just reread over it to make sure I haven't missed anything. Because <laughs> you know that I'm terrible with my mistakes. But yeah, the just to make sure it's like solid before it goes up, and so that I actually know what people are talking about if they decide to review and make a comment about a particular thing. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, oh, oh, that happened. Okay, very good. If someone <laughs> just reviews your work and you forgot which part, it's like. Wait, what? Which part? <laughs> yeah, it's my nine. No, but yeah, um, yeah. I guess I do have other cinefics, but for now, that's that's what I've got, and like my recommendations of what I've written. Yes, and you're a great writer. We'll be yeah, linking to you. all of these and to more stories and the website snapechatpodcast.com. I'm a nice okay. <laughs> okay, and you also have. Uh, you're also on Tumblr. Yeah, we'll link yes. to that. I am on Tumblr, mm-hmm. and you do illustrations as well as writing. Yeah, I recently started. I uh, was a visual artist for a very long time, and also took a very long break from that as well. Uh, but in December, I bought a tablet and decided to have another crack at digital drawing, and have been sort of dabbling with that, doing a lot of drawing a lot of Snape and a little bit of Snoonar as well. I've been enjoying that as well. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. It's nice. It's another outlet for like those days when I'm just too tired to write. It makes me actually proud that she is uh, also drawing and writing. (laughs) Like she has the time for that. Oh my God. (laughs) It baffles me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I still have to work and stuff like that on top of it too. I think it, the key is just not sleepy. I don't recommend it. Ooh, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact about how I did meet Frenchie. Well, how I knew about her is like, yeah, care for magical. Yeah, care for magical creatures. First, uh, that was like the third fan fiction I read before 
drawing any snuna. I had to do my own research, <laughs> but AO3 was the best website. And yeah, that's how I knew her. And then she interacted. I'm like, oh God, it's that writer. Oh no. <laughs> I'm interacting with someone I actually admire. Oh God. <laughs> I never expect her to, I never expect her to, to interact back. Come on now. It's a big step. Yeah. And now we collaborate. So the, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was definitely very starstruck when I first started talking to Frenchie too. So <laughs> starstruck? I'm a regular person. <laughs> no, we're starstruck. <laughs> we're starstruck. Own it. It's too late. <laughs> it's in your name now. <laughs> My face is red. <laughs> so Nick, you also do art and write. Yeah, well, it's more art now than writing. Well, I, I, it is like. And still in progress, but I have an ending planned. <laughs> the ending was the one that inspired me to do this shit. So it's beneath the willow tree. It's also a, a travel fic. Well, it's <laughs> it's not the the travel fic didn't inspire. No work inspired me to make a travel fic, but all of every work of Nuna inspired me to write this. But especially Frenchie. I mean, come on now, she updates every week. The hell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I know it's. I know she wrote that beforehand. And I'm like, what? It's a military operation. It's a military operation. You have more. <laughs> yeah, you, you, she, uh, yeah. Anyway, so beneath the willow tree is a time travel thing where Luna accidentally travels back in time, and in that time, she she would like. Over well, not overcome. Like, well, it happened after the Half Blood Prince were literally <laughs> after Dumbledore died, and she goes back in time to also explore it and find out why he did it. Maybe somewhere in his past it has led him to do this. And I'm not taking any spoilers because I'm still writing it. So yeah, this might be just the longest. <laughs> And every uh, longest pick at the moment. And every time I go back writing it, I have to read the last paragraph I did, which is kind of hard because I mostly daydream what I want to write and just end it from there. <laughs> like, I have to write this. Come on now. So, yeah. All right. There's another one. Yes. Oh, shit. Um. <laughs> Under the rain. Yeah. Oh, my very first what? Well, short story. In two chapters and also an alternate universe fan fiction which is like modern and vampire <laughs> and when you start a fan fiction when you're me you, you don't make fan fiction from the canon you make you make your own snuna you have at home type of thing and this one was my first i wasn't really confident about it posting it because yeah you've you don't as a as a writer in a first when you enter a fandom and a ship you don't write an AU straight away <laughs> so but yeah I posted this and I'm most proud of I guess the ending which you read yes <laughs> <It's good. laughs> yeah I'm working on my twists so to say and yeah well it's not listed in what we've had in the files but I did 
quite enjoy my collaborations with yeah Frenchie yay because I get to visualize and project what she wrote especially that uh, AU where Luna was a nymph because she is and um a mermaid yeah yeah that I get to visualize that and like oh wow I drew this <laughs> for this <laughs> then, yeah she drew a very beautiful illustrations for that fic too yeah <laughs> I don't know how you feel like it but it's it's like every day uh, every time we call up it's like <laughs> every time I give you a gift <laughs> yeah that's for that's a Christmas gift for you now yeah it's like <laughs> Christmas come early yeah but yeah I do those are the fics well everyone can read it in her account and my account but yeah we have co- we have some collabs along the way and All right and Nocturne you've written for several pairings haven't you yeah i am a dirty shameless multi-shipper um <laughs> i only have the don't worry one aren't we all <laughs> but yes i have one smina fic which is probably i think it's the longest thing that i've posted definitely the longest thing that i've ever completed at least and that one is called kindred i think of it almost like a sister to Nikori's time travel because um yeah I know I noticed that too like oh my god I'm the time time travel thing <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah it's another time travel but it is in the opposite direction where there's this sort of like pulled forward to the future element Severus and it's kind of a mystery there's some random easter eggs in there um, I play around with what Luna's adult life life looks like um with her outfits and the things she gets up to and yeah, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of short scenes that I've kind of put together or paired into chapters. And yeah, it's a little bit different, I think, than a typical fanfic, because this was sort of me coming back into writing fan fiction, opposed to just regular, like, original fiction, which is what I normally write. So it's definitely an experience for me. But but yeah, it does feature some time travel some random kind of quantum physics and some kind of strangeness and um, that can only go along with Luna. That's so. really good too. Yeah, if you compared it <laughs> if you compared it to mine, it's a lot smarter. <laughs> quantum physics, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it's definitely not. I sometimes wonder what I was thinking. <laughs> you always write clever stories. Oh, thanks guys. Red <laughs> is definitely not an exception to that. You always include like an element of something like clever or almost like scientific to your stories and I really enjoy that yeah it also makes me dumb for some reason (laughs) can't get get over that quantum physics discussion in that (laughs) fan fiction what the hell (laughs) okay then let's go to some other snoonafix by other authors see there's terrible choices by jaded pisces the eternal work in progress oh. yeah I know you've read it thank god now I can read it with someone <laughs> that covers also like I, post-war yeah I haven't read it in ages because I think I started I think I read it early last year up to where they had updated and then I think we maybe got one or two chapters squeezed out since then um and obviously with fan fiction like like you, you, if you open it a work in progress like that's on you so <laughs> it's on me <laughs> that's what I get for that's what I get for reading a work in progress <laughs> uh, I'm guilty of that <laughs> like I generally won't and so this is like one of the few that I have been following 
and am waiting for them to update. And I understand life gets in the way, things like that. Uh, This is one of the main reasons why I don't post anything until I've completed it because I refuse to have an eternal work in progress out there in the world. Oh, I'm having it now. Do you want to break everyone's heart? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going through that now, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, this is, no, it's just a personal thing for me, I think. Like, I... I don't want people. I don't want people to be like, are they ever going to finish it? I think when somebody comes to read one of my fics, they know it's going to be done. As a reader, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, as a reader, yeah, I appreciate you too. <laughs> the build up is hurting, but yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, but at least you know the film will be in a, the, there's going to be a conclusion. Either way, we're not talking about me. We're talking about this one. Um, it's a good story, and I just wish. There, there was there was an end point in sight but I think my memory on it is a little vague but I you don't know how much over is it <laughs> yeah I don't know what I thought um <laughs> but to be honest uh, it's, uh, the update that well it had one update last year was it or this year oh it? that would be it. yeah it had one update but when it didn't have an update that time I thought that was it like I thought that was the end because it had a it if it was it had a good ending and 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 I thought they uh they didn't put like the number of chapters they just left it like that because some readers do and it's frustrating then they updated them like oh god yes yeah finally and they didn't update after that (laughs) yeah life does get in the way it's quite frustrating too I get it this is post-war stories and it touches like the relationship too. Oh, I don't. I, I I'm not gonna say it. Well, should I? <laughs> I mean, there are spoilers in the tags and in in the warnings. Like you know that there's like it has a non-con and it, um an unplanned pregnancy, which is like there. So um not obviously not pregnant by Severus, but uh, like I guess it's kind of it's kind of the slow burn hurt comfort recovery after the war fic which is really nice and you know they've created a really nice world and it's it's a sweet story of him sort of like two people who are damaged after the war finding each other sounds interesting yeah but yeah obviously because it is still a work in progress it's like enter at your own risk kind of thing i think this fic yeah okay now i remember thank you for talking about it uh <laughs> terrible choices was the one that inspired me to draw uh, to make a child OC for Snuna, which everyone knows that by now because I keep blabbering about it. <laughs> but yeah, there was a chapter that they, spoiler alert, everyone <laughs> mute this. Um, there was a chapter where Severus had to use legitimates for Luna because he doesn't know what he's thinking at their position. And I think he got it wrong, but Severus was the one that made her pregnant. Oh, my mistake, though. My, yeah, my mistake. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> it's a mistake. Everyone could forget that. But you know, yeah, well, for Luna. That's right. That's right. My brain. Yeah. The, when he wanted to learn what she was thinking at that moment, because it was his responsibility, too, knowing that she's now pregnant with their child. He had to use the legitimates. And when he entered her mind, it's like there's a brief description of what Luna dreamed of what their childhood looked like and <laughs> what I draw of their uh, my own character child for them is what she imagined which is a boy but yeah 
this this inspired me to make that child not my child but you know oh <laughs> uh, yes your rc yeah a child <laughs> that would be my la- very cute. first and last <laughs> thank you he is quite cute he is very cute I try not to draw him in his teens because I'm a teen. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not falling for my own character, no. <laughs> okay, there's Surviving by Stereochem. I missed it, that too. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep talking about it. I was going to say, I haven't read that one. Um Oh, I haven't either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a treasure trove then. You're welcome. After this, <laughs> you can, after this, you can read it. Well, yeah, after this, you can read it. Surviving is, well, it's a bunch of depression and trauma for both of them. Well, especially Luna. A little background from the description. Severus, Severus had a choice to stay or leave Hogwarts, but he kind of stayed for Luna. It's a completed story, by the way. and. Well, they, they touched uh, various of subjects in this. It's all about, well, there's Jerry, uh, Draco and Her- Harry Potter and the side. As a side relationship, which is quite cool. But it's mostly about Severus dealing with how to help Luna and her, what she's going through. Quite violent, to be honest. Read it, <laughs> read respectively. Um, and it's quite platonic. The rape and non-con is... Not about them really. It there's a, doesn't surround their relationship. The relationship here is quite platonic, with which is really that's it. I'm content really, and he helps Luna build her house back. Yay! Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I mean you can read it. I'm as I suck at explaining stories. There you go. <laughs> that's all right. Oh, different hues by Flubberworms. Anyone can take this. <laughs> I've listed quite enough. <laughs> this is definitely an on you one because um I saw that it was a work in progress and I didn't touch it. I had already done Are it. You yeah, I'd already <laughs> done it with terrible. So cute though. <laughs> Sorry, but I did it with just read the first chapter. The first chapter is so cute. I'm sure, I'm sure it's adorable, but the second I saw like work in progress, I was like, Yeah, I'm not touching that. I already did that to myself once. I'm not gonna do it again. Uh, You've only read one work in progress. Only one Snuna work in progress, yes. Oh, one Snuna, okay. Which is this? Uh, which is Terrible Choices. Oh, which is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the only one that I, and then I realized I was like, I can't do this. And <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't all eternally wait forever, but you know, yeah, I'm it, waiting. <laughs> I broke my rule once and I haven't been able to do it again. So has Nocturne read it? Different hues. Oh, I have. Yes, I have. Yay. Okay, you explain it. Yay. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, it's just really sweet. I think that it does have elements that are kind of similar to the Billows and Smoke story. And um, that's more kind of like friendship mentorship. So I guess we'll talk about that one later. But yeah, Different Hues is just really cute. It's post-war. Luna's in her last year at Hogwarts, and it's sort of their elements of hurt comfort um, where they sort of bond over their past experiences, and it all kind of centers around um, potions and brewing, and Luna trying to take on Severus essentially as another project, um, something to work on to help heal, and I think it's super cute and sweet. It did break my heart a little bit because it is not finished. I think if you're going to read it, I would say read chapter one. 
button and then cut yourself off um, <laughs> unless it's um, ever updated again. And that way you won't get sucked in and then have your heart broken the way that mine oh. was. <laughs> so when, what chapter did you stop on? The, or was it just the last chapter? Oh, I've read the entire, I've read all of them, but I would recommend for people listening, if they're interested, I would say just stick to one, treat it like a one shot and then fill in the rest with your imagination and you won't be disappointed. I would say they should have their hearts broken anyway, because this, <laughs> this fan fiction does, it is quite nice. So the heartbroken's worth it, guys. <laughs> and well, I wasn't heartbroken only in that chapter. I was also heartbroken that several other fan fiction writers do like Severus not being able to, well, at the moment, not being able to express how he feels for his uh, for, for his significant other. And like this one, his touches the most of it. They almost kiss him, but you know, they interrupted anyway. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not afraid of work in progress. I'm terrified. I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> God have said. <laughs> like I w- I wish I could do it, but I really just can't because I I yeah, it's yeah. I guess yeah, we're all different. I Yeah. Mm. We all have a level. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And okay, Wally Boots by Zorak 23. It's a cute story. It's mm-hmm. definitely like it it's funny. It's it's very lighthearted and it's a good story if you're like not looking for something too serious there are two one shots in a series um I personally really like the first one the second one gets a little bit more crack thick <laughs> and when I say a little bit I mean it like dives off a cliff with a crack thick <laughs> like it it's a full crack thick if you like if you like that kind of thing it is still quite funny but it is um a surprisingly soft Snape and a very funny Luna. The ending baffled me. Like in the second, what was it? One shot? Yeah. The yeah. second one shot. The ending, God. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was quite funny. It was a crack pick. What's a little serotonin, right? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe that the second story was actually written as a gift for someone who wanted uh. to see that lots of welly boots kind of thing they were into the whole like they were looking for a family fic so okay (laughs) it was quite fun (laughs) it's very very out of character like the second one doesn't yeah yeah does not stick with canon characterizations of snape so spoiler alert too much kids (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert too many kids (laughs) (laughs) that's an understatement but yeah yeah Well, going from crack fic to I know not and I cannot know, yet I live Can and I just... love. Oh my no. God. Right. If you're ready for heartbreak, this is the story for you. Yeah. Yeah. It broke my heart. You need like several boxes of tissues for that one. Yeah. It will make you cry. It's beautiful. It's a work it of art. And, and you should have your heart broken yeah. by this one. No, no one warned me like that. So <laughs> who, yeah. who should I blame? Me? <laughs> Yeah, like I knew from the very beginning it was going to be like a heartbreak and a half, but it is so beautifully written and so full of emotion and it explores like the dynamic as a student teacher, like a mentor friendship. And it's 
yeah, it's just so full of emotion. I, I can't really describe it or put it into words, but it, it's definitely something to read if you aren't looking for romance, but you are looking for a very, very um, interesting sort of point of view of what their relationship could have been like, the one that's missing from the books. Yeah, and if, yes. if you're also looking for a little bit of a little dose of depression, this is your oh, way. Gosh. Like, you want to cry <laughs> for two days? Shoot, here you go. <laughs> I just love it so much because I feel like it's probably out of all of the stories I've read, I think that this particular story has the best characterization of Severus. Yeah. I, the, in anything. And I, and I read like every ship. I think this is probably hands down the best in terms of being the most canon consistent while also having the most depth to it it's just really really impressive and yeah I reread it every year and cry (laughs) 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 yeah I I read it when I want to cry basically it's my (laughs) go-to it's my go-to fic if I need a good cry Mm -hmm. yeah but I I've read it multiple times but I I can only read it when I'm in the mood to cry because I've read it two times the first time was curiosity like oh okay I didn't really think it was like a depression fic everyone should have I I didn't think it was that kind of fan fiction so I cried for two days after that the next time I read it was I forgot the plot (laughs) 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 yeah I read it oh okay Uh, I know not Mm, let's go back to it I've read this because it's like you know when you read fan fiction in AO3, it's like highlighted. The the title is already great. It does mark that you've already read it. It's in your history. <laughs> like, oh, I read this before. The second time, I'm like, okay, let's read it again. And then, you know, <laughs> I'm not reading it again. I'm, I'm through. It's stuck in my head now. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of lives yeah, in my brain as free. what it, it's canon in my brain. It's better than the entire series. The writer is better than JKR. <laughs> the characterization is better than it ever has been in canon. And every every yeah, aspect yeah. of it is better. <laughs> yeah. Like this should just be the entire book series as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it's absolutely fantastic. And I just, I think that this is also a good one to share with people who have doubts about Snape's character or who kind of just have a lot of hate and not a lot of understanding. Like this is the story that you use to convert people. What if this is a religion? <laughs> yeah. I know, exactly. Yes. Need love is a religion. Is. <laughs> well, if you've read our, well, whoever is listening, if you've read what we've suggested just now, I suggest you read this last, like, come on. <laughs> You know, you don't want to, you don't want to get hurt like that, man. <laughs> yeah, if you love angst, it's beautiful, but it will break your heart. <laughs> if you love angst, read this. <laughs> it is sweet, sweet angst. But yeah, I agree. His characterization is chef's kiss in this particular one. Mm. Yeah. It does touch like the missing scenes that we should have had with Luna and Severus, like the what if that we've all been uh, thinking about. The moment I read this, yeah. this is the answer to that question. If you're, if you're gonna, you know, oh, okay. if you're, oh, yeah. oh sorry, <laughs> if you're, if you're okay with the canon ending, yeah, yeah. it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> this is it. Yep. Okay. The Horizon by Silver Hair Productions. Read responsibly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is um, <laughs> this is possibly the most explicit 
of all of the snoot effects that we've read, including the ones I've written myself. Like this particular one is full of smart. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it is great if that's what you're looking for. I like it's also set during Luna's. Hey, you can you can uh, <laughs> fifth fifth and sixth year. Like she's a student, so yeah, so student professor relationship. It's one of those ones where if you're not really into the student professor relationship type thing, like you, you won't enjoy it because he is definitely like, so it explores obviously Half-Blood Prince and then um, Deathly Hallows and obviously with an alternate universe sort of ending because it is a HEA. Um, but yeah, just like it, it's, it's one of those ones where it's a little bit, you know, dubious consenty. There is a, yeah, a healthy serving of smart. Like sometimes I borderline too much, but regardless, I still think it's it's a good story and still pretty well written. And I like their characterization of Luna. Um, I do think that Snape is a little bit about a little bit out of character, a little bit like a little bit whiny, <laughs> for lack of a better for lack of a better word. Like I I do see him as being a little bit more stoic, and think he's missing a little bit of that in this, but. It is still good. It's a solid fic. It's a good, like, relatively long one. So if you're looking for a slightly longer read, I would say there aren't a lot of, like, really, really long Snooner fics. Like, there are, I think this one probably has, like, the highest chapter count of any of the completed ones. But, yeah, it's it's a solid story. I've read it multiple times. And explores the book, yeah. <laughs> it explores <laughs> the book. But you know, yeah, add a little dash of but smut in diverse, there. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I definitely didn't read it last night at all. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't really read it. You know, for a discussion. Like it's it's a it's a fic that I can turn my brain off when I'm reading. Mm. Um, and for some reason, keep going back to reading. I I generally don't like writing or reading fics that are set during Hogwarts years, but this one is an exception that rule horizon if anyone wants to read it read it after you read i know not and i cannot know because yeah it heal you quick, yeah it quick. might heal your <laughs> tender feelings after you snape yeah. died uh-uh. go to the go to horizon it'd be a lot better <laughs> yeah i've talked to i've talked to frenchy about this last night when i was traveling back home i literally said this is 50 shades but sweeter <laughs> I did say it's not as uh, it's much yeah. better than Fifty Shades because um yeah yeah it's not written like <laughs> terrible yeah look at me being judgy <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> okay and our last one is Tangential Fusion by Somigliana this one was uh, my recommendation you can probably tell by the sciencey sounding title of course <laughs> I clicked on it the second I saw it um, <laughs> I read it last night going home. <laughs> yeah, I just love it. Um, it's a one shot and I think it's just a really cute, it's post-war and it's basically kind of uh, Luna coming to meet with Severus as headmaster and um, kind of offering a proposal. And I just really like the characterizations in that one. Um, it's short and it's pretty fluffy and cute and just kind of like, again, you could use it if you need a little like palate cleanser after reading I know not everything I like how yeah we're just offering up a bunch of like palate cleansers for after reading I know not 
yeah. read I know that first, then just read everything that we yeah, read that one, yeah, but with the all these other yeah, read it, but the the caveat is you need to read other things afterwards to make yourself feel better. <laughs> it does. Yes. <laughs> it's not medicine, but it is medicine, you know. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any last thoughts? This is a great ship. More people should read it. I've really enjoyed my dive into Snuna these last, last couple of weeks. How was it, if I yeah. How was your dive into the waters, the new waters? It was good. The only one I, I had heard of before was I Know Not. Mm. And I finally got a chance to read it. And yeah. <laughs> but when was also, <laughs> I also got to, you know, Zephyr Winds Blow and go back and. <laughs> it was kindred yes i really enjoyed kindred too so. yeah me too <laughs> i was well, in, thank you i was on that update every day like <laughs> 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 like uh this more has a fan fiction yeah i'll read it every every notification in my email it's updated okay let's go let's go to smart island i'll read it again to be honest i should read it again <laughs> all right well Thank you all for joining me, uh, Nocturne. Thank you so much. The French Press. Thank you for having me. And Nikori. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as we did. Thanks again to Nikori, Nocturne, and the French Press for appearing on the show. Check out our FICREX page on our website at snakechatpodcast.com. I did take a little break from the show and decided that producing a bi-monthly show was a little much. So I'll be producing Snapchat on a monthly basis again. Thanks for your understanding. And here we must say goodbye. We wish we didn't have to, but it hasn't escaped our notice that life isn't fair. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr and Twitter, email us or leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. Support us on Coffee to help defray the costs of production. Many thanks to Nix for our continued work on our website at snakechatpodcast.com. Be sure to check out Care of Magical Shippers podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay snarky.